0: Hello, and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. Today is Sunday, January 31st, last day of the month, and we are here to discuss the entire slate today. We are going to look at the two-game early slate, and then we have a really good competitive four-game main slate this evening. Uh, We do not miss a game here at Coach Talk. We want to make sure you are prepared for whatever contest, uh, that you want to enter. So, uh, quick shout out to Colin C underscore chat. He's, uh, got the Skype connection going for me this morning. I think a lot of our coach talk team is either at church on the move on vacation, or I think there's a few that will go unnamed that may have had a few too many, uh, party drinks last night, you know, a little bit of, uh, you know, we have some young college guys on the team, too. So, hey, I can't say there were a lot of Saturday nights where I didn't enjoy that in college as well. Um, so, anyway, big shout-out for him uh, for uh, get, doing the connection on Skype for me so we could get this sucker going. Yesterday was an interesting day. We we were looking like Smash City with uh, some monster hits on uh, – uh, Mr. Lillard, and then, of course, LaMelo Ball, who was not that highly owned, which was really a good good score there. Uh, Levine stepped up in the second half for 31 fantasy points. Uh, and, you know, it just, we didn't have our Detroit guys down the stretch come through for us. And uh, the scores were pretty high. We had crazy games from Giannis and Luca and some of the big boys. And that always makes it rough to try to catch those numbers. But uh, today we've got a good look at it. What I'm going to do is go over that two-game first uh, and talk about the players in that setting of a two-game build. So some guys we may discuss uh, that we normally wouldn't have because you're going to have to go a little bit deeper on those rosters on a two-gamer. The four-gamer will do the same thing. We'll go through our normal Statistical analysis, and you know, discuss game flow, and uh, you know, really try to look at how the the, the game's going to play out, and uh, what we're anticipating. We'll look at defensive efficiency, of course. We'll look at pace, and then uh, now that the the DRPM numbers have a, a big enough sample size, we'll talk about the top 10 uh, percent of the players on each team that are either very, very good defensively or very, very poor. So that'll help us plan that out as well. All right, let's get rocking and rolling here. Again, uh, we'd love to have you at DFS Coach Talk. Uh, if you want to take advantage of the the terrific betus.com.pa offer, just go to uh, their website. Uh, D- like I said, betus.com.pa, sign up. For a new membership, it has to be your first deposit. And use the promo code COACHTALK, all one word, no space. If you're going to sign up through us, you can do that as well. Just go to dfscoachtalk.com and you'll have multiple options there. We also uh, just added some payment options for people that want to break break up uh, those payments uh, as well. But uh, again, we're here in front of the paywall seven days a week with NBA We have a great PGA show that comes out on Tuesdays that's for that week, uh, and this should be a good tournament this coming week. And then uh, we've got this week the special uh, NFL Super Bowl uh, podcast with Andrew Hansen and Shane Caldwell. So very, very excited for that as well. All right, let's start off by looking at what we have listed at this moment for injuries. Um, And we'll just buzz by those so then we go over the teams. It won't be as much uh, – we won't have to pull out as much time there. We have Doug McDermott for the Pacers, questionable. We know P.J. Dozier's out for the Nuggets. Reggie Bullock for the Knicks is questionable. Nas Reed, also questionable uh, for the T-Wolves. Derek Favors, questionable for the Jazz, as is Donovan Mitchell for the Jazz, questionable. D'Angelo Russell. Questionable again versus the Cavs. Um, Jamal Murray, probable, looks like he's going to go. We do have the questionable tag on Joel Embiid, which is very big news. We have to watch for. Uh, Raul Neto's out for the Nets. Uh, Troy Brown Jr. has been uh, cleared protocols and will play along with his teammate, Denny Odvia from Washington. Um, They're both playing Big questionable mark on Harden, which is interesting. I'm I'm wondering, I was worried about this possibility. I wonder if they're going to take like a rotation of one game per week where just for rest that either Harden, Irving or Westbrook, or I'm not Westbrook, (laughs) Harden, Irving or Durant uh, take a rest game. Last one was Durant. Looks like this one could be Harden. So a pattern we're going to have to keep an eye on for sure. Um, And then uh, we've got Norman Powell, doubtful. Uh, We already know OGN and OB's out. So Toronto's going to be a little shorthanded. Ish Smith is back. So he'll probably jump right into that backup point guard role, especially with Neto being out. And then uh, Larry Nance Jr. is back as well. He had missed two games with a sprained right wrist. So that's the initial uh, info. Of course, some of the key guys we want to keep an eye on that could be sh- uh, slate shifters, and they all have the questionable tag, and that's D'Angelo Russell, Donovan Mitchell, Joel Embiid, and James Harden. So uh, stick with us throughout the day. Hopefully you're in Discord with us, and you can uh, follow along. All of our members are fantastic, man. They, they keep all of us up to date and keep everything moving, and uh, all of us are just constantly looking uh, at the beat re- uh, reporters information on Twitter. We're looking at uh, all the different sites that, that put uh, information up and uh, stay right ahead of that curve. If, if you're not a member and you just listen to this podcast every day, thank you for that. First of all, but uh, you can follow us on Twitter. Uh, we do a lot of posting on there of injuries and thoughts and possible plays Um, I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, Andrew is at Language Olympic, and Shane is at D-E-T Sports Shane, or you can follow all of us at DFS Coach Talk. All right, what do you say we dive into these games? Let's look at uh, our first important situation of the day here, our two-game early slate. We have a 1 p.m. Eastern game that's part of that. The Clippers at a stellar 15 and 5. And you've got the Knicks at 9 and 11, 9 1 That's the Knicks for you. Um, right now, the, the uh, betus.com.pa, our sponsors lines, we'll go over those as we go through these. Uh, right now, Philadelphia is, uh, I'm sorry, that's uh, the second game. The uh, Clippers are an 8.5 point favorite. And uh, the over-under is a paltry 2.11 and a half, which happens to be the lowest on the slate. So definitely a concern there. As we look at this, we've got um, two of the top nine defenses in the league. Uh, The Clippers, it's been amazing rise to the defensive ranks. They were 22nd 12 days ago, and they're now ninth. So you talk about on a roll and shutting people down. They are getting it done. And they played some of those games without uh, Kawhi and George. So very impressive. The Knicks sixth, they've been a big defensive surprise this year. So both of those scenarios don't help a lot of DFS possessions or numbers. And then this is the solidifying factor. You know, the Clippers 26th in pace and the Knicks now are dead last. So you've got a possible blowout with the Clips. You got great defense on both sides, very slow pace. And then listen to these. This stat is by far more than anybody else on this either slate today, as far as top ten percent defensive real plus minus, which really gives you a good look at a player guarding his position per hundred possessions, and it really uh, spits out some some very important information as you're looking to either attack a, a particular position or fade it. So top 10%, um, the Clippers have Beverly, Kawhi, and Abaka. So, you know, as you would expect. Uh, the New York Knicks, though, surprising. They have Rivers, Payton, Robinson, Noel, and Bullock. So they are loaded with, uh, strong defensive players. And on the other side, the Knicks have nobody in the bottom 10%. uh, and the only one in the bottom 10% for the Clippers is Morris, uh, Morris senior. So, uh, definitely a game that I'm concerned about and, you know, don't want to stack up by any stretch, uh, but it is a, only a two game early slate. And the other game is not (laughs) a whole lot better. I mean, the over-unders, uh, nine points higher. So certainly a little bit better, but it's not like you've got this, you know, crush game. And then this game, both games are not super, uh, rosterable. In other words, if these two were on a big main slate, these would be both be games, uh, that you'd be a little concerned about. So, um, let me go over the second game and then I'll put the two together of who I'm looking at in that early slate. All right, game two is Utah 15 and four. We know they're on, I believe, an 11 game winning streak, and they're playing the Denver Nuggets, who are also playing better. They're 11 and eight. Um, right now, the uh, betus.com.pa line is Denver minus one, and we have Denver on the first night of a back to back. So that could affect them a little bit as far as minutes played. We need to keep an eye on that. The over-under, like I said, is 220 and a half, so it's a full nine points higher than the first game, but still not, you know, anything fantastic. Defensive rating, you've got Utah third. They've just been phenomenal. I mean, I watched them the last two games against the Mavs. They made the Mavs look like an AAU team, for crying out loud. Um, uh, Denver is 18th so they've improved some. Here's the problem, though. Pace, 25th and 27th. So, in this early slate, you have the 25th, 26th, 27th, and 30th pace team. So, it's going to be every single point's going to count. Um, you're not going to have big scores that take anything down uh, on this early slate. You're you're going to be getting by with lower numbers than you ever thought could could win. So, I think, you know, there's an edge to be had there. You can you can go with some cash guys that are, are very safe uh, and can really get you in the money because there shouldn't be a lot of crazy guys blow up in these two games. As far as defensive real plus minus, um, Utah has Gobert, who's number one overall at any position in the entire league. And you have Conley and O'Neill. And I'll tell you what, O'Neal is an impressive defender as well. So they've got three really good ones. On the Denver side, uh, uh, Monte Morris off the bench is a real irritant, but somehow uh, Jamal Murray is is snuck in there. So he's had up and down offensive games, but uh, his defensive game has much improved. And that could be uh, part of the reason no one's really evaluated that piece of it, because everybody's asked, why is Murray a little up and down? Well, maybe it's because he's giving a lot more effort on defense. That was sort of the knock on him. If he wanted to be a superstar, he had to play some on the defensive end. And maybe all that extra effort, he's not used to that transitioning to maybe a little bit winded or a little bit tired legs on the offensive side. So just a, just a theory. But I think as that develops throughout the season, I think you'll see that even out pretty well and, and he'll do just fine. Uh, and then on the negative side of that DRPM, uh, we've got uh, just uh, my man Porter Jr. for Denver, nobody for Utah. So, uh, you know, as a lot of young players do, uh, it takes a while to learn NBA defense positioning, how to body up, and Porter Jr. is obviously in that mix. All right, let's, let's talk about this early slate and potential here. Um, right now, uh, you know, you've got a couple of different options. Reggie Jackson has been consistent and solid, uh, you know, in this last stretch when Beverly was out. I think you're going to see some some timeshare there, um, and Jackson is definitely much more offensive-minded than Pat Bev. Uh, again, I don't like switching or splitting minutes, so I'm not going to ra- race to that uh, spot in particular. Um Paul George uh and Kawhi Leonard the two big money guys for the Clippers I think just based on the fact that uh you know they're they're playing the Knicks it's a slow down pace it's at New York you know it's it's hard to pay up for that number for either one of those guys with as great as the Knicks have played defense however both guys are rested completely Uh, Because they had that COVID protocol time off. And, uh, you know, they've got a game under their belts. And they're, you know, and the Knicks are not a rollover team like they used to be. So I know the spread's eight and a half, but, uh, you know, I I look at this game and I think, okay, if Julius Randle uh, and RJ Bear, Mitch Robb, the guys that are going to try to shut down that penetration, I just think it's going to be tough on them. Uh, to stop Kawhi because they don't have the perfect matchup. Uh, I know they don't want to get Randall in foul trouble. Barrett's a little too small, I believe, uh, and not quite as strong. So I just don't like the 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 mix of the Knicks uh, defense here. So even though I'm considering George, I'm not going to go with both. But I, I believe that it's a Kawhi Leonard. It's gonna it's a claw day for me uh, on this two game slate. So. I definitely uh, lean his direction as the main play there. Uh, I think that you can also, uh, if you want to, you know, go cheap. A possibility of Reggie Jackson still his price is down, um, and I really don't want to go elsewhere. Serge Ibaka with with Robinson and Noel both being two of the better defensive centers uh, based on DRPM, they're top, they're uh, third and fifth. So uh, not any free baskets uh, allowed by these Knicks centers. So uh, I think, you know, it's a Kawhi and and hit the bricks for me, maybe Jackson. On the Knicks side, you know, you've got a couple of options here. Um, You know, Bullock is questionable. We're not positive he's going to play. But you have a little log jam there now with Burks, Austin Rivers, who's played well. Um, and then Quickly, Quickly's been fantastic. I mean, he is a fun guy to watch. But, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting because when Reggie Jackson's out there, he's not a good defender. And I think, you know, some of those guys, Peyton, Quickly, whoever it is, can take advantage of that. But when they have Pat Bev in there, uh, it's the opposite end of the spectrum. And I'm sure in a close game down the stretch, they'll go offense to defense a lot. Uh, and that could create some issues. Uh, Definitely not going to go with the R.J. Barrett uh, or any of those guards, not with Kawhi and Paul George defense. But I do like Julius Randle here. I think that, uh, you know, I think he has just been performing so well. He likes the big stage. This is an early game. Uh, No other game played at this time. It's in Madison Square. So I want to follow up the, you know, it's again a two game slate. And just bumper Kawhi on one side, Julius Randle on the other. Let those two guys carry me in this game. And then if I need any value from uh, this uh, that game, I, again, possibly Reggie Jackson, uh, possibly Emmanuel quickly uh, because his price is pretty low uh, as well. And that's it for that game. Uh, that takes us to Utah-Denver as we broke down before. Utah is on which you would call an amazing role, 11 wins in a row playing at Denver. You got the two high elevation teams, which is worth pointing out because when somebody goes to Utah or goes to Denver, there's an advantage there playing at home in the upper elevation, uh, but this cancels it out. I mean, yes, Denver is a higher elevation than, than playing in Utah, but they both are, you know, affect you. And I don't think these teams are affected by it uh, playing at one place or the other, uh, cause you know, they're used to it from their home court. Utah is on the road in Denver though. You know, Denver, like I say, is winning a few games, but this, this has a lot of intrigue to it. Um, you know, from the Utah side the you know, the, the million dollar question is, is Donovan Mitchell going to play? Cause it changes absolutely everything, uh, for Utah. Um, if he plays, you know, he's a go-to guy but, you know, the fact that he's been out um, with co- uh, concussion protocol, um, you know, is he going to be ready for a full load of minutes? You know, his price isn't that bad. But, uh, you know, if if he's does get ruled in and this is a 330 Eastern game, so you're going to have to build that first the, 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 the roster part of this with your first early game. Probably without knowing if Mitchell's going to play, so you may have to. Uh, if if you really want to make that switch, you may have to uh, initially roster a Paul George. Well, you can't because you, if Mitchell's ruled in, then you, you put George's game already started. What you'll have to do is you'll have to roster someone close to Mitchell's uh, number, whether it be a combination of Murray and Jokic, or you know Gobert and somebody. This way, you take that spot up early, and then you have it. it, it you know, you're not stuck. If if, they, if he gets ruled out, you can shuffle some guys around. What you don't want to happen is build the roster, build your lineup with Mitchell in it, and then you and first game plays, and then Mitchell's ruled out, and you don't have a good pivot. You got to have a pivot, even if it's a two v two. You know, Mitchell and O'Neal for you know Jokic and Barton, whatever it is. Uh, you know, make sure you don't make that mistake because you don't want to leave, you know, $1,200 on the table on a two game slate. And, and because your guys rolled out and you didn't plan for it, you, you dip down. Um, so I think he's a good consideration. Uh, Bogdan Bogdanovich is starting, uh, to really shoot the ball. Like I, you know, we know he can, he started off horrible after missing, uh, a long period of time with a major injury. But he's starting to find his stroke, uh, and he's cheap. So Bogdan is uh, Bo- Bojan Bogdanovich. There's two two of them. that they're, they're pronounced slightly different. Um, not going with Gobert. You know, the last few games were cupcake matchup for him. Now he's got to face the Joker and see if he gets in foul trouble or, or where it goes from there. Uh, Clarkson is always an option for me just because he's such a spark. And does such a great job off the bench and gets to run against some second unit guys from the other side. So I would look at those guys from the Utah side. And then on Denver, um, you know, if if I'm spending up for Kawhi and Julius Randle, uh, you know, I'm going to have to get a little bit more wise with my money here. I'm not going to go with the Joker. Uh, he's got to face Rudy Gobert. Uh, this is a slower game. I just don't think his salary is worth it in this game. Um, Jamal Murray, I'm not going to go there either because, you know, I I really appreciate Mike Conley's defense. You know, I thought he was starting to sink down, but here he's the third best uh, against point guards, DRPM in the league. So Murray's been up, down, sideways. You just don't know what to expect from him right now. So I actually sort of like Mr. Porter Jr. here. He's getting a lot more minutes. Millsap somewhat getting faded, faded out. Um, the only concern is if Royce O'Neill's guarding him, he's a dog. So you got to be a little careful there, um, you know, in that rotation. But we'll see if Porter uh, comes off the bench. Then, you know, maybe he can avoid some of that O'Neill defense. It'd be way better if he's in there like when a Niang is in there for Utah. I think he can eat them up. So, you know, uh, Bogdanovich, definitely. Uh, Mitchell, if he plays. And then, uh, you know, I, I prefer for Denver uh, to go the value-wise with um, a Porter uh, or possibly even an off-the-bench kind of Morris, and then Clark's an off the bench for Utah. So that gives you a lot of options. Uh, it puts into play. Uh, that pivot in case Mitchell has to be eliminated uh, or he scratched, and then uh, we'll go from there. All right, I wanted to go a little deep on those two games because I want our folks here to get out to a great start and get it moving. Uh, we'll pick up the pace here for the, the four-game main slate. that starts at 7 p.m. It's Philadelphia 76ers at 14-6 and 6 against the Indiana Pacers at 11-8. Another game we have to have news on, we'll have it for this one prior to, and that's Joel Embiid. If he plays or not, again, a complete shifter of the entire strategy of the game. Right now, uh, betus.com.pa has Philly minus three with a nice 224 total. Uh, Defensive efficiency, though, you got Philadelphia fifth, Indiana 13th, so good defensive teams. But you have much better pace than the early games. You've got 6th and 16th respectively, so good pace. As far as DRPM, terrific players, you've got Embiid and Mike Scott off the bench. Uh, For poor defenders, you have Simmons. Simmons right now is in the lowest 10% of DRPM. And he's supposed to be an all-NBA-type level defender, so... Not sure what the situation is there, uh, but, you know, uh, very interesting that he has sunk down and something that you got to take advantage of because most people are going to assume he's shutting down the other team's uh, best players. And then for Indiana, you have Miles Turner, who's in the top five in the entire NBA. He's having a terrific uh, defensive year and just dominating blocks. All right, uh, there's some players I like here. I I think uh, Brogdon. This just plays in uh, to that Simmons narrative and the fact that he's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. I really like him. Um, I like Jeremy Lamb as a super value play. He looks really good if he gets enough run, which he has been, uh, you know, because they haven't. It's going to be quite a while until they get Lavert. I think Jeremy Lamb is a fine play. He's explosive. You know, he's the kind of guy at a low ownership that can uh, smash a slate a little bit. He really does have that potential. Um, and, and as far as the third guy on Indiana, I like Sabonis, too. I know, you know, i like the matchup against Philly if Embiid does not play. So giant circle around that. Embiid plays, no Sabonis. Embiid sits, I play Sabonis. So that I will make uh, shift around some of my guys here uh, in the later slates to make sure I have that uh, protection, but we should have that news uh, on the Philly side, just all those guards are, are clogging the minutes together with Maxi and, and, you know, all the guys they are rotating Curry, uh, et cetera. So I don't want to mess with that. Um, Tobias Harris came off a decent game, but I think his salary has now moved up a little bit. So it's going to be more Indiana side for me in this game with a few key plays. I really like Brogdon, and uh, then we'll wait for uh, the Embiid news to make the rest of those uh, decisions. All right, we get to the next game. It is also a 7 o'clock game. It's the Orlando Magic at the Toronto Raptors. Orlando uh, is 8-12. and 12. And they were at one time six and three. So uh, a little bit of a two and uh, what is that? Two and nine. Yikes. So they're on a a collapse. Uh, Toronto's only seven and 12. We know they were two and nine. So they're trying to get it together. But uh, this makes for a very interesting game. All right. You've got um, uh, Orlando. Uh, the over-under in this game, first of all, it's Toronto minus 5, and it's Orla- uh, 219.5 for the over-under. So the, the second lowest, but or tied pretty much with the second lowest. But, you know, some potential here. They're 19th and 14th defensively, which isn't fantastic. Um, but Orlando's 22nd in pace. That's actually come up, and Toronto's 10th. Now, you know, we do have the potential... For guys being out, different people got dinged up. Norman Powell's uh, game time decision. We already know, as we said, Ananobi's out. So that opens up some serious value um, and some d- decisions that need to be made for uh, the, or- the Orlando si- or Toronto side. As far as top 10% DRPM guys for uh, Orlando, you have Birch, Baines, and Bacon. And Toronto, the only one is Boucher, the center, a lot of blocked shots. Uh, the only guy for either team that's in that lower 10%, and it's no surprise, is, is Evan Fournier for Orlando. Uh, you know, we know he can shoot it, but not a great stopper on the other side. So let's look at this briefly here. Uh, you know, you've got some guys, some backup guards that are still out uh, for Orlando, which makes you want to consider Cole Anthony but Kyle Lowry defense is tough and Van Vleet gets after it as well when they rotate out so not particularly looking to go there I don't want Fournier against a tough defensive backcourt um, you know that brings me to the two main guys and that's Aaron Gordon and Nikola uh, Vukovic and Vuk's tough man he's playing great but his you know his number is high he's expensive I don't know if I want to pay up to that level. I'm a little bit more comfortable with Aaron Gordon here. He's had a game back. I think his minutes will ramp up a little bit. And this is the kind of matchup, you know, where Toronto gets up and down the floor, and his athleticism, uh, you know, can definitely give Siakam some trouble and uh, whoever else rotates in to guard him. So Gordon's really the standout play for me on the Orlando side. On Toronto, you know, I I'd always love to consider the guards here, Lowry and Van Vliet, and their prices have come down. Um, I lean more towards Van Vliet uh, here, but I'm not going to run from Lowry either. I'm going to see what uh, what fits best with my build, but I like both of them. Um, as far as, you know, Do you, Baines is getting minutes, and it has eaten into some of Boucher's Uh, potential uh, DFS points, and his price has been high, but it is creeping down. I'm not going to go there here. I am more interested in Pascal Siakam. Uh, Siakam, I wouldn't mind the Gordon Siakam uh, back and forth here, I think would be a nice combination that can do well for you. All right, the other two games, we have Brooklyn at Washington. And of course, we need the hardened news. That's going to be the big thing. Uh, right now, it's Brooklyn minus eight. And are you ready for this? 245 is the over under. And I got to believe that's the highest of the year. I don't have one in my mind that I can remember. It's bigger than that. 230 is usually the magic number Andrew and I look forward to really seriously consider. And they're 245. So how do you not have, uh, you know, uh, a ton of, of, you know, guys in this game. I mean, I really focused uh, on the Brooklyn game last time around, I had four players from that game, and it was huge scoring, and you had to have some of them. So the exposure here is important, but, of course, like normal, picking who you want to uh, take in this game uh, is going to be, you know, just as interesting, and you have to worry about a blowout because Washington is 3-12, and Beale looks like he wants to, you know, to, you know, just quit. He's so frustrated. Uh, Westbrook, I don't think that's mixing together there. It is a mess. Um, and Brooklyn, obviously, with the three studs, uh, are just scoring whatever they want on people. They had 113 in the third quarter, I believe, the last game. So, you know, let's see if Harden plays. It doesn't, you know, it's crazy to say this, but I don't think it's like devastating When one of them sits, look at this last game. Durant sat arguably the the alpha dog of the three for Brooklyn, and they still scored a million points and won the game. So, you know, I this team is just going to be a tough out uh, in the playoffs. That's all I'm saying. But uh, let's say Harden's in. You know, now you've got the three guys. you got to sort of pick your spot. Washington can't stop anybody. Uh, they're terrible. Uh, Brooklyn's 23rd defensively, which is a problem for them. And Washington's 28th. And then you have the wonderful pace. Brooklyn's 8th. Washington's 1st. So, I mean, you could almost just roster everybody for Brooklyn. And, you know, the, as many as you can jam in. Because uh, they're just, you know, they're not a super deep team. But, uh, man, they they put up the points. You know, and then on Washington's side, you know, what's going to happen here? Is Russ, can Russ step up? Um, you know, this is the kind of game Russ could have one of his ceiling games. I mean, he's been horrible. Uh, but an up-and-down game like this, you know, where Brooklyn's not playing good defense, you know, it's a high-exposure game. You know, I, Russ is on my radar, believe it or not, for the first time this year. Um, I don't know what to do with... Bradley Beal. I mean, I guess you have to consider him here. How do you not? I mean, he's smashing it all the time, except in the fourth quarter when he runs out of gas, because he's a one-man show. So, you know, if Brooklyn starts running doubles at him, which is possible, you know, then he becomes at that real high price, uh, very difficult. But there's decisions you have to make here. Yeah, everybody'd like to have Irving and Durant and Westbrook and uh, Beal, but you forget it. You're not going to be able to fit it. So, you know, for me, if Harden sits, first of all, got to have Durant. He's a no brainer. If Harden plays, I still think I may go with Durant as my number one play from this game. And then I'm going to follow on the other side with either Beal or Westbrook without question. I'd prefer it to be Beal, but I don't know if the salary can fit it. And like I say, I'm really interested in Westbrook for the first time this year. The periphery guys that get, or the, the ancillary guys that get the periphery stats, I should say, uh, Joe Harris is just drilling a ton of minutes, a uh, ton of threes. He's getting it done. He's making his number. Now, he's not generally going to go 8x for you, but if you're looking for a cheaper guy that's going to go x, 6x, you know, he may, may be your best choice. Uh, don't want any of the other... Uh, guys that are splitting minutes. Washington's doing a ton of minute splits between all their positions: small forward, power forward, center. So I will pass there and just stick with one of the main studs for Washington. All right, last game and we'll wrap it up here. It is the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Minnesota Timberwolves. It is an eight o'clock game. It starts Eastern Time. Starts an hour later than everybody else. Cleveland's a three and a half point road favorite. How about that? Uh, you have both of these teams on a first night of a back to back. I believe they play each other again tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken, with the new COVID uh, weird scheduling. The over under's uh, only 219, and that's generally because Cleveland is going to slow it down. Minnesota is a speed up team. Uh, you know, right now, defensively, Cleveland's dropped out of the top 10, though. They're 11th. Minnesota, a paltry 27th, but Pace, 28 for Cleveland, which makes this number a 219, and uh, fourth for Minnesota, which makes me interested in some of the Cleveland guys. Not one single player for either one of these teams are in the top 10% DRPM, but there are some in the bottom 10%. Garland for Cleveland, and uh, Sexton's getting close to that t- bottom 10%. So we can start attacking this backcourt for Cleveland again, I believe, uh, very shortly, like this week. Uh, three guys for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and they're all pretty important, in that bottom 10%. That's Rubio, Russell, and the rookie Edwards. All right, couple things here. D'Angelo Russell, game-time decision. Nas Reed, game-time decision. So very important to get the news on both of those guys because that shifts a lot of things. Um, you know, if Russell sits again, you're going to get that split pretty much with Rubio and McLaughlin. So, you know, not interested there. Malik Beasley just as disappointed consistently throughout the year. But I'm going to consider him today. And the reason I'm going to consider him is because it's that Cleveland backcourt. And, you know, his usage has to be there. Uh, you know, he's going to get shots. I do believe Anthony Edwards will get quite a few shots as well. We know he doesn't defend. You know, that could help the pace here, though, uh, even more. So, you know, Beasley, Edwards in play for me. Uh, Then we need to see if Russell and Reed don't play, obviously, that rotation, especially at their bigs, because there's a couple options there uh, that we can look at uh, to go value. On the Cleveland side, I really like Colin Sexton today. I, I don't mind paying up for him at all. Uh, I think that uh, this, you know, the fact that he's playing against a team that has this much of a pace up, uh, we've seen he can get absolutely on fire. And I think he's a great option uh, on this slate. The other guy that I like for Cleveland is Larry Nance. I don't believe he's on any minutes restriction that I could see. Uh, I think that, you know, if he gets 25 to 30 minutes against uh, this Minnesota poor defense on the interior, I think he can do fine. Um, confused on this Drummond and Allen split at center. I mean, I like both guys. I think they both can do well, but uh, not, you know, how do you spend the money on either one of these guys if they're both going to play 24 minutes or whatever it is from there. So don't want to quite go there either. So that gives us an idea of, uh, You know, the early and and main slates, hopefully you can get your build build started. Uh, Yesterday's pod, we went over a bunch of guys that just completely smashed the slate. Uh, We had some people that built lineups uh, from the podcast and just crushed it. Now, unfortunately, what I did is I, uh, of course, the guys I like on here, I'm always forthright with everything. But I made a few pivots based on news that broke throughout the day. And those pivots bit me right in the backside, if you will, and uh, and hurt me. If I'd have stuck with my initial feel, then I would have been in better shape. So just to, I say that to you know, to really preach. If you build a lineup after listening to the podcast, at least be your shell lineup. Now, obviously, obviously, if there's big news and you have to shift a guy or two, then go for that. I mean, that's the advantage of, of paying attention and making sure you have the right lineup, but don't always, you know, just make wholesale changes just to make wholesale changes. So uh, that would be my advice there. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope it helps you take some serious uh, stuff down this Sunday. Uh, I think there's potential on both of these slates to do well. Um, We'd love to have you at DFS Coach Talk as a member. You can join us by going to our website, dfscoachtalk.com, can join for as little as a week, or you can uh, uh, go to a year membership, which we have broken into four payments. Um, we have a lot of great new members; they're doing a terrific job, helping share information and keeping things real positive and upbeat in our Discord. We like to to stay, uh, you know, have a lot of fun in there and and root each other on. And we had uh, our man Tyler Pitzer had a takedown yesterday. So everybody was really fired up for him. Um, So we'd love to have you join us there. Uh, Again, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, this is my one ask per show. Please hit the thumbs up, please uh, subscribe to our channel. Um, We're we're getting close to another pinnacle in our, our subscribers on YouTube. So we wanna get to that number and then hit the little alert button up in the corner That'll let you know when the podcast posts. it will send you alerts so you know when they uh, uh, pop up there. So that is it, my friends. Uh, I really appreciate you listening in. And uh, I, I think we can really do some damage on this slate uh, these slates today. So uh, wish you the best. Have a great Sunday. And uh, we'll see you again tomorrow. I'll be back with Andrew for a nice NBA Monday slate tomorrow. And uh, we'll be looking to crush it again, in NBA DFS.